The Publix Radio presents God Talks to an Agnostic, created and produced by the Wilbury Theatre Group in collaboration with AFRI Productions. God Talks to an Agnostic is a 12-part audio play written and directed by Don Mays. The day had started like those Sunday mornings made iconic in songs of classic soul and R&B singers. Just me, on the porch, and that slow, steady, soaking rain. It took me to way back when. <laughs> it was easy. Standing on the porch, the rain, the mist, even the quiet were all familiar. But when I stepped out in the yard, in the rain, everything that moments earlier had felt so familiar became far less familiar. As I began to feel the individual raindrops, every raindrop, I could feel every raindrop. And the quiet became, became deeper, a quiet like I had never heard. And then I could, it's crazy, I, I could, I swear I could hear the raindrops. I stayed there a long time, standing in the rain, hearing, feeling. I remember I remember touching my skin and it felt, I can't really, how do I describe it? It felt, I mean, my fingertips, to my fingertips on my skin, my, my fingers felt, the touch of my fingers was not so different, I don't think. It was my skin, yeah. Yeah, I think it was my skin. My skin, I could, I could feel every raindrop, every raindrop. So my skin was like, was, uh, as each raindrop hit, I, I, I uh, it was like, you know when you were a little kid, when you first discovered, first understood concepts like math and reading, when the concept of adding two numbers together makes a different number, when that concept first clicks, or when you got past that rote exercise of spelling words and regurgitating the words until that moment when the concept that the sounds of the letters actually form the words, that's what was happening with my skin. My skin was taking in, processing, but it was getting inside me. I'm, I'm ingesting my skin. My skin is ingesting information, learning. That's it, my skin was learning. And now, I mean, I didn't know it until now what I was, but now, here I am, kneeling at my father's grave, my head bowed, and that one drop, that single raindrop landing on the back of my neck and I hear, hello as clear as day, and then quiet. I'm still, motionless, listening, listening to the quiet. And then the rain 
Hello. Hello? I can't understand. I'm listening. I concentrate. Focus, focus. Concentrate, concentrate. I, I use all my energy, try to focus every fiber of my body to hear, to understand. I know I'm not crazy. I hear what I hear. She said, hello. I very clearly heard this voice say to me, I know what I heard. I, I can't, I, why can't I? I heard hello a few more times, but the rest I couldn't make out. I can't even tell if, in fact, the other sounds were attempts at actual words. At home, I kind of meander around the house in these wet clothes for hours, thinking maybe if I keep them on, I'm grasping at straws. I know better. I know it was the rain. I checked the forecast. No more rain for at least a week. I showered, and then I got on the computer to look up paranormal activity. I, I, I didn't believe in that stuff, but I needed some explanation. It took only a few clicks to very quickly realize, this ain't it. Hey, Addy, what's up? Boy, where you been? I've been calling you all day. You know my old ass cell phone won't hold a charge. What are you doing? You have one of your little conquests up in there, do you? No, I'm by myself. Okay, good. Addy? Addy? Where you at? I'm in the... What, what you, where you at? I'm, I'm in the... <laughs> Hi. I should have asked, was you naked? Pajamas on a robe yeah, is not Yeah, ain't naked. no shirt. Close that up. Ain't nobody want to see all that. Girl, we used to take baths together. What you talking about? Emphasis on used to? Baby brother, you eat? Nah, what you got? They had a dinner at the church. I bought you a plate. That's what I'm talking about. Mmm, <laughs> <laughs> smells good. This is your mac and cheese, right? What'd you think? So what was you doing all day? I went to the cemetery. Uh... I saw your flowers. Did you take mine? Yeah, it was rough. She's a trooper, though. If it hadn't started raining, we would still be there. I know. This was a hard one. Not as hard as last year, though, when he was so sick. I was going to make a cake, have everybody come over, but... Yeah, that would have been a bit much for her. Me and her. Oh. I see Miss Jiffy made the cornbread, huh? <laughs> You're lucky she didn't try to make nothing else. <laughs> true, true that, <laughs> true that. You know she wants you to come back to the church. What church? You mean the community room at the Y? It doesn't have to be her church. Come to my church. She just wants... She's worried about you. I know. She's worried about my soul. Aren't you? Today I... Today's been really weird. Tell me about it. Charlie met us at the cemetery. Oh, what'd that fool do? That's just it. 
Nothing. No jokes, nothing. He even went to church with us after. What? Right? That's what I'm saying. Wow. That's, uh... I guess we all kind of in our emotions. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. He liked it. Said he's going to go back next Sunday. I mean, we'll go to my church. Charlie going to church. Hey, maybe the end is near. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> <laughs> you can come too. Yeah, nah, um, that's not me. What happened? What do you mean? Why are you so against church? What, what turned you away? You. What, me? Yes, you. Don't be trying to put that on me. How did I turn you away? Well, it wasn't just you, but you put the nail in the coffin, turned me away for good. What are you talking about? I'm the one who keeps trying to get your raggedy ass back in the church. No, 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 it's not like that. Not, it's not like that. Then what is it like? Are we are we really going to get into this now? No better time. You know I've had issues with religion for a long time. For a bunch of different reasons. From, from how they justified slavery to the Crusades. Throughout time, religion has been used as a weapon. But why and can't you see all the good? What about the service work? The missionary work? Missionary the work? You mean the devastation of entire cultures in the name of religion? That missionary work? The colonization of the entire African continent was aided by missionary yes, work. Yes, yes, that did happen. Yes, but, that did happen. Uh, I know, but come on, that's not all. All missionary work has not been bad. And what people are doing nowadays is truly coming from grace. It's truly God's work. People are making amazing sacrifices to help others, to save lives. Yes, people not the church. The people are the church. But is the church the people? It's the, the what? Yes! No, not always. In fact, far too often it is not. What are you talking about? Why can't you just see the good that's out there? I do. I really do. I really think I do. I, I just I just can't get up with the evil. Evil? <laughs> you're saying the church is evil. Don't give me that look. I know what you're saying, but, but, but you gotta, you gotta... Look, look, look. I look at Dr. King and people like oh, him. Oh, you're gonna bring up that bullshit about his infidelity? Uh, just stop. I ain't hearing that no, right. No, I'm not. He's a man, flesh and bone. He's not infallible. No man is. I make mistakes, you make mistakes. Yes, I know. So we should dismiss all the good he's done because none of that matters just because he's. No, 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 that's not what I was gonna say. That's not what I'm talking about. Then what are you talking about? If, if you just listen. What? I was gonna say. I look at Dr. King and people like him, Malcolm, people who are so smart, much smarter than me, great historic leaders, incredibly well-read, lifelong scholars, and I wonder what makes them believe and believe so fully. I mean, I admire that, but I don't understand it. But what don't you understand? How smart, educated, rational thinking people can believe so and with such deep commitment, believe things that are so completely illogical. It makes no sense. That's because you are stuck on logic. Yes, yes I am. Then you'll never get it. Or maybe I do. Maybe it's me that does get it. And maybe your ass is going to burn in hell. <laughs> maybe, if in fact there is a hell. Well, I, you don't believe in hell. What about heaven? So, what do you think happens after you die? Nothing. You're dead. So you don't believe in God? <sighs> I'll say it hasn't been proven for me 
that there is a God, nor has it been proven that there isn't. Just give me that bullshit cop out. That's bullshit. It don't work that way. You won't say there isn't a God, just in case. You are bullshit. See, that's what I'm talking about. Look at you. You're all worked up, fierce defense of your beliefs. You're smart, educated. What makes you so faithful? What makes you believe? It is the faith, dumbass. Faith makes me believe. Faith? Faith in what? It's the damn circular theory. You're faithful because you believe, and you believe because you're faithful. There's nothing tangible there. God! God is tangible. God is tangible? God is... God is real. Look, Addie, I'm not trying to argue with you. I'm just... I just want you... Sincerely, I sincerely want to know, how do you know? How can you be so sure there is a God? I just... Hmm. I'm done. Enjoy your dinner. You could bring me my plate later. You know what? No. Give me my damn plate. <laughs> no, hey, Daddy. No, no, no. Wait, stop, scrape stop, the rest stop, of that no, shit onto one of your plates. No, I'm no, taking no, my I'm, damn I'm plate. To, I'm, I'm trying to understand. Understand what? You're smart, too. What don't you understand? You ain't, you ain't trying to understand. You're trying to... Mm. <laughs> you do this shit all the time. What shit? What are you talking about? You have this narrow A plus B equals C attitude. No room for any kind of variables. Then you try to crush anything that doesn't fit your little stank narrative. There are no gray areas with your stupid ass. (laughs) That's not true. That's not true. I don't think it's narrow as much as it's it's simple. Yeah, you simple Cute. Simplistic. I only want things to make sense. And what doesn't make sense? Religion. What? And you're the one who helped oh, wh- me realize- What? You're trying to put me into your little- Wait, wait, listen. I had known for a while, but it was something that you told me that forever made me know I'll never go back to church. When did I ever say anything that would- mm, Okay, what did I say? People buy into these oppressive doctrines that so often drag them down a path that is totally against their own best interests. I ain't never said no shit like that. Money and power. That's what religion is about. Greed. Got nothing to do with God or the existence of a God. Greed. Greed and power, as I see it, are the driving forces behind most religions. How's that damn slimy-ass bastard Creflo Dollar, who is already a billionaire, gonna ask poor people to buy him a $16 million private jet? How do you justify that? You don't. There is no justification for somebody like- But he did, though. He justified it. Using the Bible, he justified that shit. And they bought it. All of it. They bought his bullshit, and they bought him that plane. They bought that- No, you're right there. There is greed and completely ungodly behaviors from him. And in the end, he will pay. Doesn't the song say, give me my flower while I'm living? But you can't look at it like that. That's right. And they don't. The preachers, I mean. Preachers like that, they tell us, you should suffer here on earth and you will inherit the the kingdom of heaven. But they, they live like kings here on earth. They are taking their flowers while they're living. They're taking the whole goddamn garden. Yes, yes, I agree. Those mega churches, those money-grubbing bastards on that scale are going straight to hell and not fast enough. But it's not just them. Remember what you told me about a year ago? What? Daddy and Mama tithing? Yeah, they, they were... Well, Mama still is faithful and giving her 10%. That doesn't bother you? 
They are, they are, were barely making it. Retired, daddy's sick, living on social security and assisted living. Worked hard all his life to end up with, with a little pension and social security. Barely making it and this, this quote unquote preacher taking 10% of their income. What's he doing with their money? He ain't got a church. He's using the community room at the Y to hold his little services. What's his overhead? 50 bucks a month? What's he doing with their money? His congregation is mostly seniors. So you know mom and dad ain't the only ones who are faithfully paying tithes. I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah. I mean, I guess because they were doing it, given out of faith, I didn't even The stop. good Reverend Barnett. Tell me. When daddy's health started to go down and he couldn't get out, couldn't make it to church, how many times did the good Reverend Barnett go to the house to visit him? When daddy was in the hospital, all that time daddy spent in the hospital, how many times did the good Reverend visit? I see your point. Was daddy still paying tithes? From his hospital bed, was daddy still paying, faithfully paying his tithes? I don't, I... You know probably, he was. Probably, I don't... Addie, you, come on. Yeah, I'm sure he was, and Mama still is. So, what was this man doing with your father? In the name of religion, what was the good reverend doing for your father? You're right. You're right. How is that different from the $16 million jet? But they're not all like that. Growing up, you know what I associated preachers with? Cadillacs. Every preacher we knew had a Cadillac. What did we drive? That giant Buick tub of a station wagon. Hey, that car was nice. No, no. Daddy kept it nice. He probably spent more time under the hood than inside driving it. Well, my pastor drives a Ford Escort. That thing is at least 10 years old. And? And what I'm saying is that they're not all like that. They're not all bad. My church, my pastor, we're out there in the community. We do habitat projects. We, we have a food pantry. Your point? I volunteer in the community. I've donated to the food pantries. I don't need a church to you do that. You can't knock all of religion because of a few, however many, rotten apples there are out there. You know that. I don't know, I guess. I mean, things like that. Knowing religion is used like that and how it has been used in the past, I just can't. I will never be able to go. Addie ended up staying late into the night. We sat and talked for hours. We didn't discuss religion or God anymore. We just talked and laughed and yeah, as we had done all our lives. We're twins, two halves of a whole. I'm older, born first, but she calls me baby brother, which is technically true. I'm the youngest of her three brothers, but she says it like she's older. If I call her on it, she's quick to say, It was only a minute and 37 seconds. I should have been first. I was ready, but you was in a way. I had to push your butt out so I can get through. <laughs> she's funny, really funny. I mean, no one can make me laugh like her. I'm glad she stayed. I mean, we argue but never stay mad or upset with each other. I know she wanted to stay, 
What I didn't know is if she was staying for me or for herself. Didn't matter. We're each other's best company. And over the years, her husband, a really good guy, I mean, I like him a lot, has understood that. Unlike the women I've dated, all the women I've dated, y'all don't know, that twin thing, it's real. Like no one else, she can call me out. <laughs> That's bullshit, baby brother. Bullshit and you know it. <laughs> and she's always right. I mean, when she calls me out. I know her bullshit too, but I don't have to call her out. She just puts it out there. What? What? You trying to tell me what I, I should and should not Come do? on, Addie. You know that's not right. I know that. Don't you think? I know I did it. It's done. So there. <laughs> and how can you argue with that? She'll say, Come on. Let's hug it out. And it's done. Whatever the beef, we hug it out, and it's done. Our connection was no secret to anyone. In fact, it is why she was chosen to be my personal missionary. Mama was, is, she's genuinely concerned about my soul. She's afraid, oh, oh yeah, that's, that's the other part of religion, fear. Greed, power, and fear. Kind of the holy trinity, if you will. Oh, oops, did I say that? Fear is the underlying motivator to solidify people's faith. And Mama is afraid, not for herself, but for me. I understand. She's afraid for the soul of her youngest son, especially now that Charlie has come, is coming around. Mine, my soul is the only one that is lost or possibly doomed to hell. What? mother doesn't want her son to go to heaven. And she knows the only person, if anyone, if anyone can reach me, it is my twin, my other half, Addie. And Addie, the fighter that she is, is up for the challenge. Make no mistake about it, tonight was not the end. This is and will be an ongoing battle with a very, very formidable opponent. <sighs> All right, baby brother, I'm out. I gotta go wake up my kids so I can say goodnight. And she will, too. Wash out my plate and bring it to me tomorrow. A hug and a kiss on the cheek, and she's gone. It's been a, it's been a crazy day. I'm still trying to wrap my head around the rain. Talking rain. Oh, and those wet clothes. My clothes. That's it. It was my clothes. It must have been my clothes. In the morning, I was wearing just sweats and a tee, the, the sleeveless kind, a beater. I hate that term, but just to describe it. The point is, is that my arms, my shoulders, my neck, 
and face were all exposed. At the cemetery, I had on this long sleeve shirt. The rain wasn't hitting my skin. Check the weather forecast again. Six days. God Talks to an Agnostic is written and directed by Don Mays, with sound design by Andy Russ, production management by Annalie Cavallaro, and music contributions by Ashley Frith, the Culmination Group with Edgar Diaz, and the Watson's Gospel Choir. The show features performances by Don Mays, Rose Weaver, Jackie Davis, Pamela Lambert, Rudy Rue Cabrera, Daraja Hines, Jason Quinn, Jeff Hodge, Tanya Montenegro, Silla Bento, Mendy Brito, Lorraine Guerra, Emmanuel Versailles, Leah Pento, and Becky Davis. God Talks to an Agnostic is produced by the Wilbury Theatre Group in collaboration with AFRI Productions and presented by The Public's Radio. It's supported by the Rhode Island Foundation's Bannister Black Philanthropy Fund and an Engagement Services and Resiliency Grant from the Rhode Island Department of Commerce. All episodes of God Talks to an Agnostic were recorded at the Waterfire Arts Center in Providence, Rhode Island. View the complete list of available episodes on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. To find out more about the show, or to learn more about how you can support our work, visit us online at thewilburygroup.org. As I've mentioned, I was raised in what is the traditional Black Baptist Church. Every Sunday was a celebration, singing, shouting, dancing even. Being among and seeing my people filled with such joy, it was so special. Not, not special like rare, because it happened every week, but it was special because, well, because it was ours. It was us, who we were. It was one of the few places where black folks could just be black folks, unabashedly so. My small world at the time consisted of home or with family, church and school. That was it. Family was family, church was our community coming together, celebrating, and school was, I guess, kind of the opposite of that. Don't get me wrong, I, I liked school. School was fun, but it wasn't... I was the only black kid in my class until middle school. They always put me and Addie in separate classes. I mean, there was discrimination, but it wasn't horrible. You know, kids would say things or, or I would say something or, and that they didn't understand and they would laugh or question. And there was the usual kid stuff, you know, kids being bullied, doing and saying awkward things. But even then, I knew when it was a discrimination thing. Like this one time, it was second or third grade, I can't remember which, I was one of the popular kids. I was athletic. Being athletic was kind of a measuring stick for popularity. And we'd all gone to school together starting in kindergarten, so we all knew each other. Then one week, a Monday, coming back from the weekend, 
all the kids were talking about this girl's birthday party that they all had attended. It was obvious I was the only one who hadn't been invited. Even the snotty-nosed kid who grossed everybody out by, how shall I say, consuming the fruits of his digital nasal irrigation, he was invited to the party. I never experienced such slights in the church. That sort of thing didn't happen. I'm not scarred by it. it. It wasn't a big deal, but that's the thing. It wasn't a big deal because it was expected. Even I, at the age of seven, understood why or that I was not to be invited to that girl's party. Again, I assure you, I'm not scarred by that incident. It didn't change me. It didn't. It didn't change me. As times went on, I did get invited to parties. But a thing that did change me left an indelible impression on me, something that happened in my beloved church. It was many years later. There was this preacher, not our pastor, a guest minister. In his sermon from the pulpit, this man harangued on and on about the evils of homosexuality. By then, I knew people, friends, some family members who were gay, and the congregation clapped, shouted, amen, and, and beckoned preach to this man. And to me, this all sounded like discrimination. In the church, discrimination, discrimination in the place I had only known for its celebration of blackness, black folks being black, where everyone had been invited to the party. But now, this? Everyone in that sanctuary knew, understood, had experienced discrimination. How could we now discriminate? <laughs>